Amen. Well, good morning. Right, John has asked that we spend some time looking at the armour of God. And this is the first um, little talk we're going to start doing on this. And he's just said to me, just introduce it. So he's given me a lot of scope. So, not to disappoint Paul or anybody else, I'm going to use it. And we're not going to go into my sort of normal, erudite, academic looking at everything. Um, we're going to go somewhere entirely different. I really have got one point I want to make. One point about the armour of God. And as we go through this, little by little, I hope and suggest you understand what it is. So, here we have some bits of armour of Nick, or whatever. And as all this stuff, nothing, anything technical goes wrong, doesn't it? We're going to look at something else this morning as well, which is slightly amusing, and a bit like Brexit, has caused all sorts of arguments and problems the world over. Um, so we'll be polite about it. But what's happening in Japan at the moment? Who knows? Come on, what's happening in Japan at the moment? Rugby World Cup. Rugby World Cup. Now, we have Jonathan here, who I'm sure is more of an expert than I am on this. Which is the mamby-pamby sport? Rugby or American football? I mean, in American football, what do they do? They dress up in all this stuff. This is actually for cycling, I'm told. Um, they put all this sort of stuff, they go charging at each other. Now, if you know a little bit about the history of American football, uh, we could get really political here and go back and say that round about the 19th century, these good old lovely colonials, trying to sort of stress their cultural independence a bit. So they took some of our good old European games and they changed some of the rules, like netball. Now, what's the one change in the rule between netball and basketball? You can run with the ball with one, not the other. That's all. Cricket, what do they do with cricket? They couldn't understand it, so they gave it up. Still can't teach them. But they took rounders and made the ball harder. That's all they did, really. It was rounders. Uh, a few other things. What was, there was two big changes they made in American football. One was particularly important. One made the American football game. One change to the rules from rugby. Jonathan knows what it is. Come on, those of you who have watched American football, what is the one thing they do in American football that you can't do in rugby? Pass. Yes, the forward pass. When they did the forward pass, that changed the game. Completely. And then that something else happened after that, which was tackling off the ball. Right? Yeah, they could tackle off the ball. In rugby, you can't tackle a guy off the ball. In American football, you can. So, the game got, uh, the American football got a little bit brutal, to be honest. And round about, I've got it written down here, my notes. 1889, a chap from Harvard, believe it or not, Invented a, invented a nose plate. And he put this nose plate down his nose. That was 1889. Arthur Kumnik. Google tells you everything. And he started making armor for American football in 1889. And then they went one step further, one step further, and it got, they got more and more armor. I'm not going to put that one on. Um, they got more, I'll put this one on. Uh, they got more and more armour, and it developed and developed and developed. As the game developed, what happened to the game? It got rougher. 
and heavier, and the guys got fitter. So what happened to the need for armour? You need to pour on more and more of it. And if you look at them now, I mean, you, 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 I mean, what do they wear? I mean, this is nothing, is it? I mean, they, I mean, it's amazing what they wear. So they wear a colossal amount of armor. Now, so which is the namby-pamby game? The game where you wear lots of armor or the game where you don't wear any armor? Well, it depends on the rules a bit, doesn't it? Right? Because there are things you can do in American football. So I think it's a non-question, really. It's a rather silly question. They're both pretty brutal sports. But... In one, you're allowed to wear armor. The other one, you're not allowed to wear armor. Okay. What would you think about the potential, well, let's should we say, humble IQ of somebody who tried to play American college football without armor? Duh. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly what would happen. Duh. Because you put a helmet on, you put your head down, and you run full step at the other guy. And if he isn't padded up, my goodness me, he's going to be squashed. Right, you need the armor. If you're going to play American football, you need it. Okay. What's today's message about armor? Simply that. Put it on. You need it. And do you know how much armor you guys wear? Much more than you think. Look at your cars. Cars today are armored up. Um, all sorts of stuff. It's got all clever. There's, there's a lovely one, which I love. Um, you can get... This is just, a, just to amuse you. You can get elbow pads. Paul, just for damaged elbow. You should be wearing an elbow pad. You can get nice, soft, squashy elbow pads. They're soft and squashy. And if you hit them, they go immediately hard. Yeah, and it's called... Um, where's the physicist here? It's called a something fluid. It's a something, something fluid. Blah, blah, blah. Physicist, tell me what it's called. So something fluid. Anyway, you can make that yourself. Now, at this point, I want you all, to, all you cooks, please forgive me if people mess your kitchens up. Because you can do this and get your kids to do it for fun if you want to take the risk. You can make a super fluid like, yeah, super fluid. You make a fluid like this out of <laughs> custard. Make a nice big bowl of custard. Let it cool down so it's still runny custard. Then get a great big dessert spoon and whack it hard. And what happens? It goes and goes solid. If you don't make it thick enough, it goes all over the kitchen. If you make it too thick, you break, you break the basket. But that's, what you, that's the sort of thing they're making armor out of today. So armor is, is everywhere. We, 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 we need it. We use it. Now, something else about armor. When you think of using armor, what do you think of? You think of big American football players putting things like this off, you know, and... As some of you know, it's a little, very poorly kept secret that I, I still go skiing. And people put armor on. Now, there are two groups of people that put the armor on today. Guess who they are? It's the young macho guys. They go up the mountains and are falling off them, bouncing off the top of Mont Blanc and coming down with armor on and all that sort of stuff. And the other group is the, the old people. <laughs> yeah, it's the, I've got all the old people that I teach putting armor on. Because... You, you know, as, as someone's just discovered, you fall over, and when you're our age, it takes a little bit longer. So we, 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 we're getting all this stuff, we're putting on old people and making them wear it. So you get these old guys going out there, dressed up, looking like sort of like this, and in fact, it's because we know they're going to fall down on the baby slope, and then they're going to bounce, and they fall off and they bounce. We say, oh, it's great, you bounced, like that. 
the other group, of course, are um, the what's coming these days. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that it's not just for severe stuff, right? You wear it because you're old and you're going on a hard floor and it's slippery. The, 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 one of the worst injuries um, that I, I've dealt with skiing was when Maggie was there when, some years ago when we, we were actually out and they went, some group went for a walk and, and this lady went walking along and she fell on the ice walking um, and it, what was, it took ages to get an ambulance and all sorts because she, she damaged her coccyx. And, uh, it took ages to get, her, to get her back. She had to come flown back specially. If she'd been wearing a pair of impact shorts, she'd have bounced. And we do, we tell people over a certain age, elderly people, that's over 35, that you, you should be wearing um, something like that to protect yourself. Now, the other thing about armor, so don't think of it as only just for big, big battles. It's not. It's to help you through life. It's for everything. Now, those of you who are attentive, this is an old helmet. Um, if I pass, I'll, I'll pass this around in a minute. I want you to look at it. I want you to look at the number of small dings in it. I'm not whacking great big ones, little ones, like here. Pass it round. Small dings. What would have happened if I hadn't been wearing that helmet when I got hit with that small ding? I'd have had a very sore head. And I'll tell you this, 90%, maybe more, of those small dings come from little people. Little children carrying skis over their shoulders. Harry, yes! <laughs> Happens all the time. They, they, they just don't, they're not there. They turn around and they smack you around the head. You've got a whole class of youngsters, you're saying, stand still, don't do this. What was that? And bang! But so most of the dings on that helmet are for small kids hitting me with sticks and skis and things like that. So the helmet is not just for the big injury. It's not just, forget the idea of knights on horses, right? Charging along with thumping great poles, you know? Think of some old person walking along a slippery field, falling over and wishing they had a pair of impact shorts. That's the sort of, that's what armor is for. It's not just for that. Now, in the scriptures here, of course, with the bit that John pointed out, we're looking at, in Ephesians, the armor, and we're going to look at the Roman soldier's armor, Okay, but a lot of that armor was not just to protect against the mortal combat. It was to protect against walking through thorny fields and stumbling when you fell on a, on a stone. It's the little things which are important as the big things. And if your Roman soldier, when he goes out with his armor, he's not thinking only of a mortal battle. So he can put it on sometimes. He's thinking about daily living. I mean, one of the things about Roman soldiers... You know, they wear skirts and they conquered Scotland in winter. I mean, you know, there was a lot of stumbling and falling and slipping and all sorts of stuff going on. And the armor's for that as well. Now, let's look at Romans. Um, right. Romans 13, 8 to 14. Okay? Now, this is the end of Romans. This is important as to where this passage is. We've got the whole of the teaching of Romans, you know, how, how deep it is, how challenging it is. Paul rewrites um, theology. He sets out his theological uh, stable. He's explaining everything to the Roman Empire. It's probably one of the most key, deepest 
theological books or, or letters that we've got from Paul. This is the end of it. This is how he sums it up. He does 13 chapters of clever stuff. And he ends like this. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So after all this clever stuff, comes back to that. Love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. For the night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Put on the armor of light. So I'd like just to get our heads a little bit out of this picture of the armor of God, just being a Roman soldier's sword and his helmet and his breastplate, which all of which we will cover, I'm sure. But think of it this way. It's the armor of light. Let us walk properly in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. Uh, perhaps we could refer that one to... Um, so uh, we won't go there. But put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires, but put on the Lord Jesus. I love that video. I love watching you guys doing it and I love watching Fiona being absolutely exhausted now. <laughs> and I'm so, my, my wisdom of not doing it is, is, is held up. Okay? But it's, it's about putting on. It's put on the armor of God. Put on the armor. Of, and here it is. What is the armor of God? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the armor of light. And the message I want to take away this morning is so simple, right? You need it. Just that. You need it. It's not armor for big battles only. It's not armor for waging huge wars only. It saves you being hit on the head by kids with sticks, which is important if you keep on happening. Saves you falling over. Saves you slipping. Saves all sorts of things. Saves your cars when you, when you prang and, and have car crashes. When you're getting older, you know, to some extent, even a walking stick can be seen as some sort of way of assistance or help. When you're younger, in your sports, whatever, even wearing a pair of gloves in the garden is a form of armor. It's all some way of helping you do what? carry out the calling to which we've been given, which is basically to love one another. Now, what's that telling me? I need armor to love one another. So it says down here, love one another, and then it says, put on the armor of light. So the inference here is that if I'm going to love one another, I've got to put armor on. That means I'm going to get hurt. It 
psychologist wrote a very famous book just recently, a professor of psychology, I won't go into it, but his opening gambit is that there was one thing, one thing he would want to teach the human race or teach his patients. It's to accept the fact that life is not fair. If you can accept that life is not fair, it's easier to deal with the slings and arrows of outrageous misfortune, if I can misquote Shakespeare. Life isn't fair. If you're going to have a Christian life which is centered around the last part of this part of Romans, love does no wrong to its neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law, you are going to get hurt. says it here. And you're going to need to put on the armor of light, which is the armor of Jesus here. You're going to need it. So, let's not be surprised when things go wrong. We can be alarmed, we can suffer, because we will. We can try and do things about it, because we ought to. But let's not be surprised. And we need God's armor all the time to carry us through the things that go wrong. The armor is for the small things and for the big things. It's both combating, attacking, we'll learn all this, and it's defensive, we'll learn that. You can go into all sorts of stuff about armor, it's active and passive defense and all that sort of stuff. But it's for all of it. It's to save you from spraining your ankle, and it's to save someone charging at you with a Roman gladius and, and, and hacking you to pieces. You need it all the time. So, this morning's message is very simple. We need it. That's it. And if you go away with one other, no other thought this morning, we need it. Whichever picture you take with you, some American college kid in an American football team charging at his mates without armor on, or the other way around, being charged at. I mean, I, I, I've never played American football. I've got this picture of sitting there looking at this guy charging at me, kitted out like a running roller. It's not for me. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you need the armor. Certainly, I am not above uh, advising people to use sensible armor in sensible situations. Goggles, we use goggles a lot. We're not let anybody out onto a mountain unless they are wearing goggles. Why? Well, okay, I'll give you a million reasons, but it's a form of armor. How, how often do we use it? Probably every time I walk into a tree, which is pretty often. Without it, we would be a lot more minor injuries. It's not just the major injuries, it's the minor injuries. Let's read Ephesians 6, 10 to 15. Finally, okay, if Romans is the big epistle which sets out the um, theology for the church, if you like. Ephesians is the big epistle that's set to all Christian churches. It's one of the, uh, one of the only epistles in the book, well, there's a few, but this is the main one, that's written to everybody. It's not, you don't have to take the context of the Corinthians or the context of the Colossians into account to understand the message here. This message is given to everybody for all time. That's the message of Ephesians. And the end of it, this is the end of it. This is the summary. Paul's done his, his clever bet, he's written it all out, now he gives you a summary. So this is the important bit to listen to. Well, listen to all of it, but this is the important bit. 
Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armour of God. He's not wasting words here. He means it. Put it on. What is it? Well, it might be individual even. We've got the, he then goes and gives us this description of a, a Roman soldier, but it's pretty individual. You know, to be honest, me carrying a gladius or sword is not going to be very helpful, but I'm not going on a mountain without my goggles on. I won't go fishing without a hat. Lots of reasons. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over the great present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Oh, we can spend months unpacking that sentence. I want to come back to what I made just, what I made just now. Just accept it's basically saying life isn't fair. Right? From a Christian perspective, if you've got some idea that God is out there trying to make life fair for you, you've got the wrong picture. It's not. God is there to carry you through life, which is unfair. And you are fighting against, not against just flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, cosmic powers. There's a lot of stuff arrayed out there to make your life difficult. God's advice, put on the whole armor of God. The next sentence, he repeats it. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. He says it twice that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all that, to stand firm. We then get a description, which I'm sure we will be going over, so I won't go through that. But I want to come to the last chapter here, the last verse in this bit, chapter 20, uh, verse 20. And Paul says, pray for me, pray for me also, for I am an ambassador in chains. I'm an ambassador in chains. So here is the guy writing this, who's telling us how to put on the armor of God, who's telling us how to fight battles, who then turns around and says, but I'm in prison. Well, the first reaction is, well, you didn't do too well then, did you? How come you've got yourself in that mess? That's not his approach. His approach is, I am here for Christ, and I need the armor of God to see me through this unfair situation. Very different approach to I shouldn't be in prison. Why am I in prison? Who put me in prison? It's not fair. It's not right. That all may be true. But Paul's answer is, I am in prison. That's a fact. How do I then live in the kingdom of God? I love that bit in the Lord's Prayer, you know, thy kingdom come. And sometimes we think about the coming of the kingdom of God as something that is to come. A period of time, almost a sort of epoch of history, when the kingdom of God rules over the world and there is a theology on the millennial kingdom and all that. Can I put it to you another way? The kingdom of God may be here and now when Christ rules in your life. For you to live in the kingdom of God now is to have Christ living in your life as you can live the best way you can. That is to be in the kingdom of God. And when I'm praying, thy kingdom come, Yes, sure, I'm also praying for maybe a, a time when God will come and rule the earth. But I'm also praying for him to dwell in my life now and to be with me now and to live in my life now. 
And for that, I need the armor of God. And that's what Paul prays for, whilst I am an ambassador in chains. This can be hard. It can be waiting. And I know some of us in the church at the moment have got some unusual and difficult problems. And the waiting is sometimes the hardest point. You have to wait on other people. You have to wait on what's happening with rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, present darkness. Paul is clearly referring to himself here in, in, in his, his situation in, in prison. But I am an ambassador still. He's in chains, but he describes himself as an ambassador. So he's in victory, despite the fact that he's in chains. Why? Because he's taken up the whole armor of God. So, my point this morning... Very, very simple. You need it. God's not saying, it's not an academic point. It's not something just for other people to put on who are soldiers, who to go out and fight battles. We all need God's armor. It's the armor of light in Rome. There's a big similarity between the ending of Ephesians and the ending of Romans. Paul is in the same mindset. He uses different images, but he covers the same points. And the point in Romans he ends is the armor of light. Christ is the armor of light. In Ephesians, he packs it out with a slightly different picture of the Roman soldier. But we need the armor of light. We need to put on Christ in order that we can live in the kingdom of God, that God gives us a challenge to live in, accepting that life isn't easy, accepting that it's not fair, accepting that Paul turns around and says, I am an ambassador even though I'm in chains. So, life is not fair. God is great. Eternity is coming. We will all stand there. Meanwhile, let us try and live in the kingdom of God as he has laid it out before us. Put on the armor of God and use it not just for the big things. Use it for the little things, except that God's given to it. And please, one thought this morning. We all need it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the way that you have dealt with us. Life is not fair. We can see that. But you are standing with us inviting us to proclaim your love to those around. How? By being ambassadors for you, even if we're in chains. And this we can do with the equipment that you've given us, your word, prayer, the armor of God, all these things you've laid out before us, Lord, to make this challenge of life something that can be glorifying for you, that we can live in to your glory. Father, we pray that you would be with us, you would carry us, You'd help us through our weaknesses, forgive us our, our failings and our falls. Pick us up, help us to carry on witnessing for you. And Lord, this morning we just pray particularly for those who are facing particular problems and challenges, that you would give them confidence, you'd give them courage, you'd give them strength, and that they would be ambassadors for you. Amen.